0: Welcome to Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark, your internet radio home for all things champions indoor football. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as well as the director of operations of the CIF, as he brings you the news and notes, as well as player interviews, coaches, and owners of the CIF. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. And welcome into Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio as we are here on our second edition and folks i'm going to kick this one off immediately because there's some announcements that we're able to get out there i promised it to you uh the commissioner of the champions indoor football also promised it to you let's bring him on the commissioner of champions indoor football it is ricky birds how you doing ricky
1: i'm doing fantastic honey, and yourself
0: I'm doing wonderful. Now we got some big news that I want you to be able to get out to the folks because this was one of the things as a fan that I'm really excited about. Um, as last year, we just, uh, you know, we're sitting there watching the game, but, and boy, it would have been nice to be able to look at something, let people know what we got going on regarding this new announcement.
1: Well, we've actually got two announcements we're going to make today. And, uh, the first one is is the, uh, the CIF has entered into an agreement and a partnership with Presto Sports. Um, they are a nationally recognized company in regards to doing not only website design and production, but also doing stats as well. And, uh, Sonny, I know you've actually seen a couple of their mock-ups already, but we're going to be providing live stats to our fans during the game as well as some interactive stuff that takes place with them being able to watch the stats. So we're really excited to be able to announce that partnership with them. We've been working with the guys over there. They're doing a great job the last couple of weeks kind of working on creating some custom things for the CIF, not only for the league, but for the teams and their websites as well. And uh, I think we feel really good about our partnership with them, and we're looking forward to growing that for the 2017 season and beyond.
0: And that is the huge thing, I think. When you look at it all, and obviously as a guy that was calling the games, I really wish I had had access to the live stats. And I know that's one of the biggest, uh, you know, I guess if you want to call it, complaints from the fans is they couldn't keep track of the game. They couldn't see what was going on in case they couldn't listen to it. They couldn't have a place to check up on what was going on. This is an exciting new thing headed up there as far as keeping the fans. And I think as far as what we were talking about, in the league meetings is being able to keep the fans uh interested being able to keep the fans informed and this is a good way to start it out
1: absolutely but you've actually seen their latest mock-up they've done for us i mean and it goes even one step further i mean it breaks down the average rushing yards per game average passing yards per game points scored per game uh points allowed against per game who the statistical leaders are on the team uh as far as so-and-so player leads the team in receiving yards. And, I mean, it just gives the fans that much more information. And on top of that, it'll be calculated for the entire league as well as far as who the statistical leaders are in the league. Okay, who's leading in receiving yards, of passing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, sacks, interceptions. I mean, we're just – I mean, I'm really, really impressed with the job that they've done over there. And we've only been just getting started on building what we're going to have. I mean, it'll be set up and ready to go in time for – the, uh, the season to kick off which i know you and i are both excited it's getting closer and closer by the day but you know just the work that they've done already i've been very very impressed and i think you probably share that as well
0: Oh, I do, and in fact, when I take a look at it and I see what they're doing as far as the stats, you can see matchups, like if you've got great DBs, who are the wide receivers going to go up against? What is the running stats? How good is guy? does this guy run the football? So that's really going to be a good thing for, for the fans moving into it. Now, let's talk about these, the next announcement that we got going on. Ricky, let people know about this one. I like this one as well.
1: Well, you know, um, we're really fortunate that we have uh, Mr. Monte Tildner, our head of officials. He's returning for a second season to be our head of officials for the CIF. And, you know, and one thing we're going to go one step farther as well, not only on a – I call it an educational process, but an awareness one is uh, uh, Monte makes uh, not only videos, but PowerPoint projections as well for the officials, uh, other officials, the coaches and stuff every single week of, hey, this is a clarification on an illegal defense, or, hey, this was a hold or it wasn't. we're actually going to not only have those produced that we're going to share with the coaches and the teams, but we're going to share that with the fans as well. I know that hey, fans are very uh, passionate about the, the game, you know, their home team and, hey, what might be a good call or a bad call. And, you know, I mean, I say ultimately at the end of the day, I mean, we see bad calls on all aspects across the field from the NFL, the collegiate high school, uh, professional indoor football as well. And, uh, you know, I think that the fans are going to see that, hey, we are taking a proactive and engaged approach in regards to, lining out, hey, what was correct or incorrect. I mean, we're not going to be able to go back and change the call of a game or anything like that, unfortunately. But, you know, I mean, we're going to share that information with our fans as well because we you know if there's there's just a, a large group of very passionate, diehard fans out there that want to understand the rules a little bit better. I mean, our rules might be a little bit different from, like, one league compared to something they're used to from the indoor game or the outdoor game, whatever it might be. So not only is it going to be educational for the teams, but we're going to extend that to the fans as well for the 2017 season. I and mean, I know that uh, – Monte is really excited about that as well. Um, You know, I mean, we're just kind of looking forward to kind of growing the league in any way that we can, and this is another way that we think we're going to do it.
0: I remember when we were sitting in the meeting over at the league meetings, Randy Sanders was talking about these videos and he actually sat down and he watched them and he learned so much about the game. And that's another thing that is really cool about it. And like you said, we got passionate fans that know this game, but there's also fans that know the game, but maybe not know every aspect of the game and what's going on. And this is a great learning tool for the fans.
1: Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, um, uh, it's just we're just excited to kind of take this information and uh, share it with the fans as well. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we're wanting to gauge their interest. And uh, you know, I mean, I'll watch a game on television, and I know what a holding call is, and I know what I know what pass interference is going to be. But I'll be honest, whenever I'm watching some stuff on the NFL, I might not exactly understand what an illegal formation is, or or an illegal procedure, or something like that. And. Um, You know, with the indoor game, there's a couple more unique twists that go on that as well. And, um, again, hey, this is just going to kind of give our fans an opportunity if they want to learn more about the game so they can follow it that much more closely as well. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think it's going to stop the fans from uh, hollering at the officials during the games. But, hey, I think whenever you pay a ticket to come on in and watch the game, it's kind of your right, your prerogative to be able to do that. So I'm not going to ever fault a fan for doing that. I've uh, been known to do the same thing myself whenever I had a team.
0: Oh, proactive uh going out there and doing something about learning teaching the fans and everything now there's some league rule changes that are happening when can we expect those announcements to come out uh, is that going to come out through monte through these videos or are there going to be other announcements as far as stats or as far as officiating and the new rule changes
1: um actually you know we'll kind of uh monte handle those he'll explain though he's done a fantastic job of educating everybody and clarifying things and uh Um, some of those changes themselves, those will be in there on those training videos for people to watch themselves. So, uh, hey, don't get me wrong. I mean, hey, Sonny, you know there's a lot of stuff we're working on, and, hey, maybe we'll have some more announcements this time next week for everybody to make make out there.
0: Sounds good. And we're going to do that. We're going to let the commissioner go. The guy's got a lot of work to do. I know. I'm listening and seeing everything that he does. Thanks for the couple of minutes here on uh, Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark.
1: Appreciate it, Sunny. Thanks for You guys have a great one.
0: You betcha. And folks, when we come back here, we're going to take a look. Let's jump right into it. Let's bring in the head coach of the team that unfortunately didn't win the championship. It's going to bring the head coach of the Amarillo Venom, Julian Reese, when we come back. That's how you do it. That's how you get started on Inside the CIF. It is the Commissioner Corner, as he let us know. Hey, I'm really excited about those tapes as well, as the league is trying to educate their referees a little bit more on what they want called, what they don't want to be called. So that's going to be very valuable, and especially in this league where we have got some vocal fans out there. And they like to let it be known what they think they know or what they don't think they know or what their interpretation of a rule is. And we can be able to get that clarification right there in those videos. This is going to be a very, very cool thing for us as we move on. And also, uh, live stats as well. Now, one of the things, I'm not calling the games anymore, but when I was calling them, boy... I sure wish those stats were there as we could just easily reference uh, those stats as we didn't have a spotter for the broadcast when I was doing it with the Revolution. So uh, that would have been really, really nice to be able to have. So that's going to be something new. And I will be watching those stats as the games that are going to be going on here. Uh, Some more announcements will be coming next week because there's some big things coming and of course the announcement about the streaming everybody is really interested in it folks let me tell you something we as a league okay me as the director of operation Ricky Ricky Burtz as the commissioner are working hard on getting that folks we're going to have streaming there's just some things that we've got to go through and we don't know if it's going to be Eversport we don't know if it's going to be anybody else there's some things that we are working on as a league so be patient for that one because I know it's one of the biggest ones because obviously the games are going to be kicking off here really soon everybody wants to know where they can end up watching it folks I'm telling you there will be streaming we're going to have the announcement here soon so if everybody holds on We'll be good, okay? I promise you. So uh, good stuff as far as the announcements are going, some more announcements besides that. Again, get back into when those videos and some of the rule changes. If you keep track of some of those videos, it'll let you know about the rule changes and those things. So watch for those. Those are going to be really cool, and uh, it'll help move the game along and keep it smoother. And that's one of the things that we wanted as fans. That's one of the things we wanted uh was, was some of the complaints were the games were too long. And so hopefully some of the rules will help with that and keep you in the game and not bored and not sitting there so long. So also, if you haven't noticed, no background mo- uh, music. I was told that it was annoying. So you know what? I just went ahead and we kicked it out. So we're listening. So uh, hopefully the show will be much better and we keep people more entertained and uh, without the annoyance of the background. Hey, Sonny liked it, okay? What can I say? Anyway, take away from that. What we're going to do, we might as well get into our show, the meat of the show, as we want to revisit... The championship game of 2016 so what are we doing later on we're going to bring on the head coach of the winning team that being the wichita force we're going to bring on paco martinez but what we're going to do now let's bring in the head coach of the team that unfortunately for them didn't get the victory but a good guy to talk to a good guy to get some insight from let's go on and bring on the head coach up. The Amarillo Venom, Julian Reese, And welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show and inside the CIF with Sonny Clark. I got online. Now, we are going back. We're going to take a trip back in time to go to last year. Uh, in our championship game, we had, of course, the Wichita Force. And the team that they played was a team that uh, got over another team that had the first round by. Uh, so they put in an, even an extra game up on top of it. It was the Amarillo Venom. I got online the head coach of that football team. It's Julian Reese. How you doing, Julian?
2: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Uh, doing good as we're getting said, I don't know if you're like me, but, it, you know, with the new season coming around, you know, everybody seems to just think football season is over when the Super Bowl is there, but they're just not paying attention. We got Amarillo Venom football kicking off here.
2: That's right. This is when football really gets started.
0: What I tell everybody, but they don't pay attention to me, or they think I'm lying, but, uh, that, but that being the case, you know, it, looking at your football team as uh, th- let's just go back in time, let's go back to last year, as you had to make a real tough road game uh, to get to the championship game. You had to meet the Texas Revolution who had the first round by, but not only that, you had a game uh, in the playoffs before that, so you can even fight for that game to uh, take on the Texas Revolution.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, uh, a hard-fought road, and uh, the guys accepted the challenge. We started off, we rocky, you know, during the year. Um, we had some people in place and, uh, that we thought was going to work out, and they didn't. We had some injuries happen. Um, then we had some guys get let go from some other teams, and they wanted to come out here, and we got them out here, and we finally started to kind of get to jail, um, the defense uh, kind of got on a roll the last few games to, to help us out, and uh, we, just, we, we, we just got going. I mean, they stepped up big time defensively with Coach Snyder and Coach Fisher uh, handling that side of the ball, and it, it helped us get into the playoffs.
0: As you get set and you're getting ready to move on into the championship game, after the tough game with the Texas Revolution, on the road to take on the Wichita Force, how was the team? What was the spirits like? Were, were, were they wore down or were they just too oblivious to being wore down and they're sitting right there in the championship game?
2: Oh, man, they're excited. I mean, we had a team uh, of veterans who who've been there before. We had some guys who uh, that was their whole purpose of coming here. Um, They won in college. They won uh, at at high school at different levels. So they were were pretty pumped coming in uh, to that game and getting ready for it. Uh, So uh, we just wanted to make sure they didn't get too overexcited or too worried about uh, what happened before uh, that season, I mean during the early part of the season. So we just wanted to make sure we came in confident and uh, ready to go. I think a little bit of jitters got to us in that first half, first quarter, first series. And then it kind of took a toll during the game.
0: Yeah, eight and four to the season before you went into the playoffs, and you got that victory over the Revolution in the final moments of that game, fifty-seven to fifty-three. It was one of the games where you know you're at the Allen Event Center, you're on the road, and you're playing a tough game. So now here you are in the off season. What does the off season hold for a head coach of a football team who fell a little short in the championship game? Is it still the the tough and grind? Is it always looking? How how does an off season go? or the head coach of the Amarillo Venom?
2: Oh, I mean, you're looking at that game, replaying are playing three points, and then you're thinking about ways that it doesn't happen again and you can set yourself um, atop the whole entire league at the beginning of the season. So what you do is you just go back, reevaluate. You play calling first as a coach. Then you go reevaluate the players, the players, um, and then you just take a, a look at everything around it leading up to that point. So what you do is just uh, what I've done, and, Talk to the coaches, hey, what did we do? What did we go wrong? You know, what did I go wrong as a head coach? Uh, were you guys prepared? Did I do a good job? You know, scripting practice? What are some things that I can fix to make us all better? Because it has to start from the top. you got to be able to be critical of yourself and not just other people. So I had to make sure that uh, I had uh, the check, you know, have a reality check with myself and get ready for the season. And, you know, looking at players. Well, I am mean, always looking at players. I'm always looking for new new guys coming in, and who can fit our system. So, uh, and I always push our guys who were here before to let them know, hey, you were here before, but remember, we lost. So, every every job is open. You just got to be hungry and humble enough to come in and fight for it.
0: Before you even reached. The Texas Revolution. You got into a dogfight with the Dodge City Law, where you almost score 100 points. Uh, a hundred points—a big, big time game there, ninety-eight, <laughs> fifty-six. And you know, there was some, listen, there was is some backlash that you received for going uh, ninety-eight or trying to uh, explain a little bit to the fans because the fans are going, wow, they're going for a hundred. Are they crazy? Um, so you had some backlash from that game as well, didn't you, Julian?
2: Yeah, I mean, we did. People say. And, and I think that's what the society is now. I mean, you play to win, and you, you try. You, it's hard for you to tell guys, don't go out there and score. Don't go out there and try your best. I mean, that's why you play, and that's why we play the arena game. The arena game is meant to score a lot of points. Um, it, was, it was a little heated uh, game, uh, it was some stuff away from the football field that uh, a lot of guys, the players saw. Um, while they were warming up, and while they were trying to get warm up from the opposite team, and they didn't like it, and they told me, "Coach, look, I know you, you're a good guy, and everybody's your friend, but we need to make a statement." And I was like, "Hey, all right, go ahead and make a statement." So I did give them guys some, you know, they asked me about different plays here and there, and I let them, I let them, uh, I let them go, and I let them uh, score the points, and that's what you know, that's what we're here for—to score points to, and to have fun doing it. And and they did a great job that night. Uh, trying to do it, so I, I wouldn't have changed it, I mean the game before that people don't see that uh, the same thing kind of happened to us, you know, at the end of the game you're still throwing the ball because that's what you're supposed to do is trying to score and do different things, there was some play calls that uh, it was some runs that, I mean, just broke big tackles and, and scored touchdowns, I can't say don't go and fall down because that's not how I played either Exactly, It it. It was one of those things when
0: I looked at the game and I kind of asked myself, you know, I kind of looked at it as an extra practice session in reality as you're getting ready to head in uh, to take on the Texas Revolution. But now you go through the off-seasons, and obviously I'm the guy that gets a – uh, opportunity to see the rosters before most team, and there's just one name that's kind of conspicuous that's not on there, coach. And we're talking about the guy that led your football team. What's the status on Nate Davis as far as his availability, and will he be playing for your team next year, or do you know yet?
2: Oh yeah, it's, it's still up there. I mean, the one thing that I, I try to tell you know, I talked with uh, Stephanie about, and our organization about when you when you're at a certain spot in your life. I mean last minute decisions I've been made i mean i i'm i'm just I was just like that when I played at you know it was like a week before camp and all that. You gotta start looking at different stuff I mean you know he's getting ready to start a family doing great things uh in the city of town of Dumas uh, about forty five minutes from here, so he's evaluating everything that's going on um he doesn't want to play anywhere but here, so it's just a matter you know him turning the contract in and and getting ready to go. So, uh he will he will be back here uh playing. And just he just hasn't, you know, finished working things out with his uh, with his household and uh what's going on with his job and what he's doing at Doom and doing so. himself. but uh, you can expect to see him back uh playing and uh in and, and black and red.
0: Very good. And, and that is a good thing for you as you're moving forward into the season to have that the, the veteran leadership, a guy that gets you into uh, where you were last year, two seasons with the uh, CIF. And then, of course, you know, you guys were part of the Lone Star Football League as far as that was concerned as well. Um, so you got the Lone Star Bowl, too, where you beat Laredo by one. Um, it, it, your your coaching career just, though, started with the CIF. Let people know where you've been before you got there to Amarillo.
2: Well, oh, um, what I was doing before I, how I got that middle in uh, 2004, I was a – uh 2003, I was a live receiver coach at Indiana State where I graduated from, and then I came out here in 2004 as a quarterback with the Dusters. Uh, then I left for a couple seasons to Georgia, South Georgia Wildcats, came back, played, and then returned to the Venom. Then I uh, stopped playing, and then the year I stopped playing, uh, they asked me to come on and help out with the coaching staff. Uh, coach Stipes and I went – uh, four, uh, four and one the last uh, five games of the season. And then we took over the very next year, won two championships uh, in the LSFL, and we fell short of the playoffs for the first time uh, the third year, and we've been to the playoffs and then championship game from there. So, uh, you know, a lot of hard work, a lot of good good coaching, a lot of good, uh, great system that Stephanie and uh, Toby has put in place for our organization and they let us have freedom to do what we need to on the football field, and it's working out for us. How vital is that, by the way?
0: You have an owner that is obviously involved. I know I've uh, met Stephanie, talked to Stephanie. She's deeply involved with her football team. You know, how does that part work? Does she stay out your way? Do you or do you guys collaborate on a lot of things?
2: Uh, we collaborate, and I mean, we respect each other. That's that's the first thing. She respects me as a coach. I respect her as an owner. I respect her uh, as a football person. She knows football. She's been around football. Um, she was a recruiter down at when she was at Tech. You know, her husband uh, ex football head football coach. So he has his expertise. Um, he comes in. He talks to the guys. He gives them motivational speeches before he games. He puts together uh, things. We're just really a family. You know, our kids have grown up together. We do a lot of things together, and, and 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 we just really work well together. I know I got her back. She got mine. and Definitely. Good
0: good owner there for you and in leading into uh, what you do. Now, you've know you got a big game coming up. Let's talk a little bit, little bit about the preseason game and how that whole thing worked out because you're talking about bringing up a team from Mexico uh, in your preseason game. How'd that all go about, and uh, what's it look like, and what day is on it, by the way?
2: Uh, what happened? Well, we played them a few years ago, and we it, it really worked out real well uh, for us. Uh, it, it got us to see some of their players and what was going on from Mexico City. <laughs> Excuse me. And it's going to be on February 25th, and it's going to be a really good game. I think that you'll yeah, see some great talent. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something different this year. I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. Uh, where we can kind of see them play with our guys as well, uh part of the game just just to get a good feel from them Cause I think it'll be a good showcase for them to show their um talents not only to uh our fans but also to our league to see if we you know if the league want to grab some of their players and maybe do something international like you know a f two used to do, where you could bring an international player in. Uh, to your team and, and help your rosters as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, a great time.
0: Now, let people know about uh, training camp. It's about ready to kick off for you. Let people know when that's about ready to go. And what are your expectations? What happens during pre, uh, your training camp? You've got a lot of work to do to get ready for it, but you've got a lot of evaluation still because you're going from a 35-man roster down to a 24 uh, in a matter of just a couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, training camps gonna start uh um on the twentieth. We're gonna come guys come in on the seventeenth just to report, get a feel for the city, uh, get physical, get that stuff going, um and and walk around for the weekend, get to know where they're at, and then we're gonna come in February twentieth and start our first practice and uh get going and uh just evaluate the guys as quickly as possible. I did it you know, I want guys to come in shape. I don't wanna have to make you get into shape. So uh that that was known at the beginning, so it's going to be a short short training camp for us, but uh, they just got to make sure that they're ready to go uh, physically, mentally, um, and uh, and and ready to help the team. I want you to come in game ready because, I mean, from three points short, that's just not good enough for me. Making it to the championship game is just not good enough for me. So the year before we made it to the semifinals. Last year we made it to the championship game, lost by three. So obviously this year we plan on taking the whole thing.
0: Your expectations, obviously, you just let us know what those were. So the expectations are to get there. What are you going to have to do? Are you going to have to bring in uh, some new players? What is your roster shaping up? And I, when I looked at, I'd seen a lot of veterans, but I also seen some uh, new guys also as well coming in for your football squad.
2: Yeah, fresh blood is always good. It, it, it kicks the, the veteran guys into shape and makes sure that they push uh, push themselves at all times. We got some old guy, old faces that. Uh, played here before in championship team. Just now coming back to football, uh, back to the city, and moved here and, and brought their families here. They got Alex Watson as a big key, going um, to be a big key to that offensive success uh, with his ability, uh, what he can do on the field as a player and a leader, uh, running the ball and throwing the ball. So uh, I gotta, you just got to make sure that that they're ready. Our roster looks good. They're young, they're talented. I'm very excited about where they are um, and where they're going to become. Now,
0: when you look at your roster, you got a guy at the wide receiver position that really, really, you know, is a focal point, obviously, in the passing game, uh, Raymond Johnson. Let Raymond people Johnson. know a little bit about him. As you signed him, you know, pretty much immediately when you had the opportunity uh, to get him signed up, you got him back on the Venom this year.
2: Yeah, Raymond's a guy who brings a lot to our team. Uh, he He is someone... Who is is a veteran? He he works hard, and uh, he's someone who understands the game. And you got, like I said, pairing him with Alex. Alex is one who kind of taught Raymond the game uh, because Alex was already playing. We played together actually, uh, la my last couple of years uh, in the game. So he was able to show Raymond some things, and now uh, Raymond just took took off with those, especially in his special team scheme and what he can add to our uh, kickoff return. Uh, how dangerous that is! So. We're uh, really excited about him. Uh, he got uh, another few uh, faces coming in, some big guys, strong, physical, speed, and that's what I think we kind of missed a little bit on the offensive side was height, and now we got some bigger targets with uh, with great hands. So uh, I got a great running back coming in, <laughs> a couple of them actually. Uh, that's going to be um, very key to our success. I know a lot of guys left. And, you know, I, these boards, yeah. I don't get on to the boards and, and watch and look at all that stuff the players do, and they tell me what's going on. But uh, if you, it, it, that's just a, a testament to what we do here uh, for them to go to other teams and get a bigger contract and do the things that they're doing. Uh, that's okay with me. That means we've done something right here, that they will call and want our players once they're free agents. So I'm excited about them, and, and hopefully they have great success with that.
0: Let people know a little bit about your recruiting. I mean, you got to bring in guys. Obviously, you I Obviously, you go back into the years to the AFL when indoor football was going and everything and getting all squared away. You know, the importance of a guy and their value, if they can play, you know, multiple positions, how important is that for a player for your squad specifically? Or are you really just kind of keeping guys at the wide receiver position, linebacker position or whatever the case may be?
2: No, I, I'm all about moving guys away from our league. I'm all about We're all about here in Amarillo getting them to the you know higher level and making money for their families and themselves. So I tell them all the time, if you can play receiver and you're a DB, come play receiver. If you play receiver and you, and you can play DB, play DB. If you're an O-lineman and you can uh, run the ball, I'll put you back there to run the ball or play defense. I want you to, be able to play as many positions as possible because that is the best chance of you getting moved up and the best chance of of Uh, teams looking at you uh, to be able to go help their teams and move up to the higher ranking levels of CFL and NFL or even overseas to play. So the more positions you play is is the better chances of you making our team here in Amarillo. We don't take anybody to just play one position. If you look at it, you can see sometimes that uh, Nate is is playing uh, linebacker. You know, that's something I did. I played linebacker in my last few years of playing, and it helps out. So if you can play multiple positions, you got another quarterback, Percy uh, Percy Turner. He plays receiver, quarterback. He can run the ball. He can play safety. He can play DB. He can play linebacker. So uh, we took Anthony Clark one year. He was a receiver his whole life, but then we taught him how to play defensive and end, and he ended up being defensive player of the year in the LSFL when we were there. So It's all about being an athlete and, and where you can help us out at. And We want guys who are good character guys who can come into our community and be mentors and be good leaders and not get in trouble and add value to our team.
0: How important is it to to let players know about that, especially being a good person, being a value to the team, as well as in the community, let people know how important that is, especially in an area where you are, where the community, not necessarily the biggest community ever. uh, So you guys got a main focal point on it. Let people know how important it is to preach to these kids about being good kids and being a productive member of society.
2: It's very important because like I tell them, you are a representation of not only our organization, but you're a representation of your last name. And your mother and father didn't fight for that last name for you to come here and change to somebody who you're not and ruin it. And then the other part is I still live here. So if you're out doing something, you're going to be associated with me, and I'm going to make sure that you're associated uh, with doing the right things because it will come back as a reflection of who I am and uh, what our organization is about and what this city's about. So we really look into character guys and what they're doing, Um, not out going crazy, getting in trouble. We let those guys go away early because if you think about it, you know, habits build character. If you build a habit of doing crazy stuff, by the time you get to the bigger level and bigger lead and making more money, then you're not going to know what to do or how to handle that success. So we try to help mold that here as well.
0: Starting off the regular season on the road, taking on the Duke City Gladiators on Saturday, March 11th. Then you're at home to take on the Dallas Marshals at your first regular home season game at the Amarillo Civic Center. Uh, Excited about starting out on the road? Does that bother you? Is there anything about that road to start the season off that puts you behind the eight ball? Or is there any concerns that you have being on the road uh, week number one?
2: No, I'm excited about being on the road. I think the only thing to put us behind the A ball is the the way the schedule was set up and I know we couldn't do anything about it, uh just those bye weeks earlier on in this year, uh when everybody else are already playing games. But I'm very excited uh that we are able to uh we're able to go and play a team like Duke City, it's not too far away and uh we're very familiar with their their arena and like yep. I tell our guys like I tell our guys my main thing is if we go out there We're going to make anywhere we go our our new home field. We make the fans uh, root for us.
0: Definitely. When I take a look at the schedule, you get the uh – duke city gladiators they're already going to play one game they're going to be on the road they're going to take on the dodge city law do you get a lot from that first game like if you haven't hit the field yet do you get a lot from that first game do you see a lot is that who has the advantage is that the guys that have already played and they've already got a game under their belt or is the
2: advantage the guys that be able to see what could be coming their way in the next game I think it's a little bit of both the guys who already played kinda they now know how to play with each other and what they need to do to be successful and then the guys who haven't played uh get to already see what to expect so I think it's a it's it's uh you know on both sides it's a win win
0: Definitely, He is the head coach of the Amarillo Venom as he made it to the championship. Not very happy about the result, but he did make it there after, you know, a tough, tough playoff uh, to get to that championship. Congratulations on last year, even though you wanted the ring. I get it and understand it, but uh, uh, congratulations on a successful season and good luck this season there, uh, Julian. All right, thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me. You bet, and folks. When we come back, we're going to bring in the other guy, the other coach, the team that they took on. And yes, if we're talking about the Wichita Force. We'll bring in Paco Martinez here when we come back here on Inside the CIF with Sun Clark. We'll be right back. All right, let me just jump in here really quick before we get into Paco, folks. It, me being the director of operations, I get to see all the contracts before anybody gets them. And guess what? You know, I and I'm like the evil scientist, you know, rubbing his hands together. You know, I, it's one of the funnest parts of my job. Get to see who's going where. Uh, Nate Davis is signed with. The Amarillo Venom. That was a signing yesterday. I got it on Super Bowl Sunday um, right in front of me. So uh, I was the first to know, so I got the snicker a little bit and go, okay, here we go, just after we got done with the interview with Julian Reese about his future. So keeping in line with some of the new signings that are going on, I get the opportunity to see them. Uh, some new signings, let's head on up to Bismarck. Uh, Brent Sorensen uh, was signed wide receiver for the Bucs uh, just recently. and That one is going to be someone that can shore up the uh, offense for them as they're moving on. So I just want to let you know about him. Some other signings. How about going to Sioux City because Sioux City has some good signings offensive lineman defensive lineman uh last name russell i'm going to tear this first name up uh it looks like a feligio is his first name i i can't necessarily pronounce it correctly uh but he signed and also denzel adams a defensive back was signed with the uh, sioux city band that says they mo- tried to move forward and get what they're doing now the the uh Team that everybody wants to know about a little bit because of what happened yesterday on Sunday or mark that Saturday night uh, Terrell Owens was not put into the Hall of Fame So the chances are better not saying that they're a hundred percent But the fact that child did not get into the Hall of Fame uh, The chances are a little bit better for the Duke City Gladi- Gladiators to come up with that contract and get it signed as they are trying to move forward and trying to improve, trying to get better um, each and every week. So that's something to keep your eyes and ears open for as far as an announcement that will be coming their way. Uh, let's go to another signing. Let's go to West Michigan, the Ironmen, the new team that joined up here. Uh, Brandon Brown, an offensive lineman, was signed for that team uh, just the uh, other day as we were keeping track of that uh, going in there. And some other signings for the Michigan Ironmen. Also, another guy that they picked up, uh, you know, to eat, obviously in this league you got to protect your quarterback, and they went ahead and grabbed up another offensive lineman, Damian Miles. Uh, he just signed uh, for the Ironmen. Also, a guy that just was released from the Kansas City Phantom, was picked up by the Bloomington Edge, and they wanted to go ahead and pull in Brandon McKinney, uh, so they did. So the Edge grabbed him off of the release and put them on their squad, so that was a uh, signing for them. The Texas Revolution also had a signing here as they move into the new season. Kyle Marley, an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman, also joins the uh, Texas Revolution as they are moving a little bit forward. Now, some other signings who got over to the Dodge City Law—they made some signings on some guys that you might know back into the IFL. Some guys that have been around. Wide receiver Tim Simmons was signed by the Dodge City Law and. Travonie Johnson also was signed for this uh, law football team as well so some big signings that are going at least some uh, people that have been in the business and known known some of the players for a while uh, they're right there also uh, let's head on over to the beef Uh, on February 1st they signed defensive back Troy Culpepper so those are some of the signings that happened just from our last show to this one so I just wanted to fill you in on that especially about Nate Davis as he did go ahead and have the signing and we signed up with the Venom after we just had that interview so what we're going to do now is we're going to jump back into that let's get to the team that the Amarillo Venom faced in the championship game let's talk to the head coach of the Wichita force Paco Martinez great coaching Paco and welcome back into Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark as we are talking to the guys. First of all, you heard from the Commissioner Ricky Burks as we talk- talked about the new stats live stats for the fans that's going to be exciting big time and also you can learn more about the game as the head of officials monty is going to put out some videos out there so everybody can see it not just the coaches and things of that sort uh this is going to be a real good season to bring on and have some good stuff headed into this season for fans to get involved with. And, of course, before we also talked to Julian Reese, he took on the head coach of the team that uh, we're talking to now, the head coach of this football team, Paco Martinez. How you doing, Paco?
3: I am doing outstanding, just sitting here looking at my championship ring reliving last year and, uh, you know, just ready to get rolling into this season, excited about it.
0: It was an exciting season last year. Now, I want to talk really quick uh, before we get talking about the force. I want to talk about one player and uh, one of my favorite guys, actually, in reality in indoor football. You had a young guy that took a trip over to China and Matt Moss. Uh, How was that experience for him that he's let you know, if anything, um, as far as his experience with the uh, league over in China when the AFL went over that way?
3: Yeah, he had an outstanding time. Um, it was tough leaving his wife and his child, um, but he was making great money over there for the time that he was away and had had a great experience over there, a life-changing experience, you know, being over in China and experiencing a different culture and, and getting to play football and expose a whole new country to, to what we do with the indoor game. Um, so he had an outstanding time and, and, and really enjoyed it and uh, did pretty well over there. They made it to the championship game, you know, controversial ending out there. They should have won it and then flat, uh, untimed down with the field goal and the team made it and ended up beating them by one or two points. So he was going for uh, two championships in one year and then unfortunately he came up just a little bit short. But he got back and called me right away and said he had an outstanding time and looking forward to doing that mm-hmm. again this year. Hopefully the China works out, China deal works out and he's going to be back over there playing
0: were you holding your breath every time you were watching the game? I don't know about you, but I was watching the games, whether it was live, which I did pay for, or watched it over on YouTube uh, on both of them. Were you holding your breath? I mean, worried about injury and worried about uh, his health, especially coming back uh, to try to go ahead and repeat as champions and champions Indoor football.
3: Yeah, I watched the first game, and, uh, you know, they were on defense right away, and, of course, I'm watching where's 99 at. There he is watching him playing left defensive end. First snap of the play, I see he's going against uh, one of the Chinese offensive linemen, and the guy cuts. I didn't realize that they allowed cutting in that league, so my heart dropped right away of, oh, boy, that exposes, you know, Matt Moss and all those players to possibility of injury. Um, Luckily, he made it through the entire season, and, you know, was healthy, stayed stayed healthy, and, and, you know, just an update to everybody right now, Matt Moss is not planning on coming back to play for us this year. Um, We look at it as a promotion in the China League. He's making really good money out there, so uh, it's it's one of those decisions of, it's just like if you were to make an NFL team. You're not going to play with us because if you get hurt, you're going to lose your NFL money. Same thing with Matt Moss. If he gets hurt with us, sprains an ankle, and they have such strict rules over there with that China League, what we learned last year, they're only allowed to bring in a certain number of players with, with visas and things like that. So if you have any kind of an injury going into their season, they're not going to bring you over. So right now the decision has been made that he's going to hold off and just uh, go play in China. And, you know, he deserves that. He's had a great career with us in Wichita and loves it here but he's making really good money and can take care of his family a little differently with the, with the China money rolling in. I'm going to grab
0: him up, though, and bring him on the show, even though he won't be with the league. He's a great interview, great guy, and one of the guys that uh, first uh, befriended me even if, when he was with the Wild playing in the IFL. So uh, good guy, good, and nothing but good fortunes for a good young man who definitely deserves it.
3: Absolutely. Matt Moss is, is a one-of-a-kind. I mean, he's a, he's a ridiculous player. But he's an, he's an even better person. You know, he was he was in my office when we were talking about his future here, and you know things got a little bit emotional between he and I, and and that's just the type of person that he is. He's a real, honest, you know, just a salt of the earth type of guy that's loyal, and and you know I had to explain it to him. You're not you're not breaking my heart, and you're not hurting my feelings. I'm excited for you. You've grown yeah. as a man, you've grown as a football player, so it's all good things for Matt Moss. We love him and if he ever decides to come back, uh his door the door is always wide open for him obviously.
0: Obviously, and a guy that brings that much talent and that much uh, heart and that much, you know, uh, of an engine headed the way is a good guy to have. Now, let's take a a step back. Let's look at last year. Had a really good season with the force and uh, with the changes. And as far as to the league this year compared to next year, or uh, this year compared to last year, uh, no uh, buy this year is a little bit different compared to that season how does that change you as a coach as far as what you do or does it change you at all
3: are you talking about bye weeks this year
0: no as far as the um there's no yeah bye week but for the playoffs i mean as you you head into the playoffs Ah. if you make it there is there anything different that you would do i mean or is it just all football in reality
3: it's all football in reality we you know it, it, and it really just depends on how the schedule falls with where your buys are during the week. Last year, we, we needed that buy week in the playoffs, the first round of the playoffs, earning that yep. uh, because we had a long stretch of games. Um, so it, it's really just a crapshoot, as they say. If you if you got a whole bunch of games in a row, then you definitely want a buy week going into the playoffs. but. Uh, it, it's football at the end of the day that that's what it comes down to so if we have to roll from the end of the regular season right into the playoffs if we're fortunate enough to make it this year that's what we're going to do um, and you know you never know about injuries or things like that but everybody has to deal with it it's the same for everybody in the league so my favorite saying it is what it is.
0: Definitely. And when you look at their team uh, in the championship game, uh, two different teams in the championship game in the CIF championship cup last year, co- or two years ago, it was the Texas revolution and the Sioux city bandits last year, the Amarillo venom and the uh, force. Um, and that was a tough game. And obviously coming down to the final minutes of that game, um, what was your message to the guys towards the end of that game? Because that right there was, the epitome of what a championship game is all about
3: absolutely you know we knew that we had a great opponent great coach great organization everything that they do in Amarillo's top notch Uh, having the success that they've had in the past years we knew that we were going to have our hands full in that championship game and it played out pretty much like I hadn't planned on it you know in my mind's eye that's how I thought things would go it'd be a tight game but we you know I, I said this right after the game and I didn't mean it as disrespect and I still feel this way but I felt like we had control of the game the entire time. It was the score was close, but we never we never trailed. I don't believe we were always ahead. Uh, 14 points, 10 points, three points. Um, but yeah, at the end of the game, I have complete confidence in my defense that they were going to take care of things. And uh, on offense, if we hadn't scored that last touchdown, if we could have just gained a yard and, and taken a knee, the game would have been over. But uh, you know, it, it when you have confidence in your team, you know what your guys are made of. They've been in that situation before with winning championships in the past. Uh, I knew that they were going to execute when it was time, and that's what happened. So, um, like I said, it it played out exactly like I did. It was a great game for the fans. I go back and watch it every now and again, just one of those solid games where it was back and forth, it was closed, it wasn't a blowout, you know, pretty cleanly played, uh, just a great championship game, like you said.
0: Yeah, it was uh, one of the better ones that I've saw in a lot of years, uh, whether depending on, it did not even matter what league, as far as that was concerned. Now, and as I'm a guy that gets the roster stuff, I take a look at it. You jumped on the roster immediately in November to get your guys. and, And November and December was a time of you being very, very busy. But what did you do from uh, the championship game until you really started getting the recruits and getting them all set up and ready to sign again for
3: your team? Um, I took about a week and just smiled. Um, <laughs> we we over we overachieved as a team last year. We had a lot of new, new faces. On defense, we were pretty much the same, but on offense, we replaced half of our starters. Um, and so to know how hard we had to work, to get a new quarterback in. Steven Panasuk came in, did a great job, led us through the first six games, and then gets promoted up to the AFL. In our game, it's such a quarterback central league to lose your quarterback and to have to bring in a new guy, which we did. We bring in a rookie that didn't play much in college and had no indoor experience, and then we go on a six-game undefeated streak with him and then go in the playoffs and win two games. It was just... Such a sweet victory, such a sweet feeling of knowing how hard our guys worked and how much they achieved. And and on top of that, knowing how great the league was last year, a compliment to all the teams. In my opinion, that was the best league that, that I've ever been associated with. A lot of really quality teams that at any point could jump up and beat anybody. So uh, for a week, I just enjoyed it. Um, after that, just recruiting trail. Guys that I've been in contact for a year or two trying to get them to come out here touching base with them again seeing what their plans were trying to get with their agents and tell them they need to be out here and I'm very happy with where our roster is that excited we're gonna have a lot of new faces but definitely we're gonna have a lot of talent as well so I'm excited about that
0: well, you talk about the quarterback position. As I look at and go over your roster, uh, you got some a couple of new faces there, obviously at the quarterback position. Let people know about who's going to be in competition to take that starting quarterback position.
3: Yeah, we got two guys, Jake Medlock, who I've been looking at for two years. Um, started out at FAU, then went to Valdosta State, and. Mm-hmm. He's a pocket passer that can run a little bit, spend some time with the Montreal Alouettes of the CFL. And uh, finally this year we got him to to sign the contract with us, so extremely excited about him. And then the other competition is Arsenio Favor, who I recruited last year as a senior, um, kind of an under-the-radar guy, but I saw his stats, saw some film on him, and contacted his coaches right away and said, get in this kid's ear. If if he's not going to play anywhere, let, let me know because I want him and it worked out. He's a phenomenal athlete. He's six four, two thirty, 230, but he's a running quarterback as well. He had 17 passing touchdowns and 17 rushing touchdowns. So he's going to be a, 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 an exciting person to see, and, and just overall our quarterback competition with those two guys. Rookies, yes, they're going to have a learning curve, but their pedigree is, is top-notch, so it's going to be an exciting camp to see who wins that starting job.
0: I like your wide receiver crew as I looked at it, and uh, Harry Peoples is one that has stood out, obviously, playing in the IFL, and now you grab them up and bring him in. Uh, he was with your team as well,
3: wasn't he? Uh, no, broke up, he wasn't with our team. I think you asked if he was with our team before. No, this is going to be his first year with us, but Harry – yeah, another guy that I, you know, looked at and he contacted me and so said that he was interested. And I had already known his name, known his pedigree, you know, seen his college film and watched some IFL stuff on him. So to me, he's just like a receiver we already had, a Clarence Anderson. Um, same speed, the 40 times are the same. He's a little bit taller and he weighs about 15 or 20 pounds more. So, and he's versatile. You know, he can play quarterback, running back, quarterback, you know, receiver, whatever we need. So he's gonna be one of those guys that uh is gonna be on the field somewhere. He's just gonna he's just gonna help us win games. That's that's flat out all I can say about Harry Peoples.
0: When I look at the defense as well, I think he kinda got robbed in reality. Well not you, but uh Jason Catchings, I think should have been the defensive player of the year last year. Uh a guy that steps up, guy has a ball hawk as well.
3: Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that when the coaches get together, um, a lot of other coaches talk about him. You know, uh, when is he going to get moved up so we don't have to play against him type of stuff. And it, I I would have to agree with you. I don't know how he wasn't in consideration for Player of the Year or some kind of a, of an award. But you know, we we don't we don't worry too much about things that are voted on. We just worry about winning games on the field, and that takes care of itself. So. We know what type of player he is. We're excited to have him back and, you know, get him improving every year. There was some interest from some CFL teams. And last year at the end of the season, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. But that's what we're trying to do is get him looked at, get him scouted a little bit, see if he can't go up to the CFL or NFL and make some some good money for him.
0: Definitely now when I look at the roster of course I get the opportunity to see it is that's my job You've got some spots available. Who are you looking at? Are you looking at local guys national guys? Uh, to bring them in to complete your roster going into training camp or how's the rest of it going to work out for you?
2: Yeah,
3: right now. We're pretty set the biggest competition is going to be the defensive line. We we have basically one player coming back on defensive line right. Shaq Reed who's done some pretty good stuff for us in the past two years, but that means we've got three or four open spots for defensive line, and we've got a great group of guys, Um, two that, you know, come to mind, all of them, but Tevin Davis played at Valdosta State. He's friends with Jake Medlock, our quarterback, and excited to have him here. He had some IFL experience in Colorado. And then a rookie this year um, out of Toledo, Keenan Gibbs, really excited. He's somebody that has uh, already been scouted by NFL scouts and, All of his teammates that he graduated with in college have have gotten NFL shots or are in the CFL. So he's coming in with a high pedigree and excited to see what he can do for us, get in here and uh, hopefully try to win one of our starting positions.
0: Well, I noticed on the date, I mean, you were you were busy in November and December getting set for this season. Is that a plan, or do you do you just grab them up whenever you can, or is there a specific date and time that you jump after it and try to get your guys signed up?
3: I, I like to have my guys. Yeah, my returning guys figure out who's going to be coming back September, October. Have that finalized. That way, I can plan what the rest of my roster is going to look like. What what I need to pursue, um, and then get those rest of those guys out-of-state guys or local guys uh november december and try to finish up in january you know i don't like to push it too far into january just because you're getting closer to camp a month out from camp but you know we we had some stuff going on here in wichita and and i just had a child so i had a lot of stuff kind of pushed us back a little bit but yep it worked out overall really excited with the roster that we have a lot of new faces you know it's it's going to be a lot of talent on the field um our job my job is going to be just to uh to get them to play together as a team because that's what ultimately wins championships
0: now moving from one ownership to another obviously we got two years underneath your belt with Nathan. Uh, a great front office by the way it's a always a plus when you can turn to your ownership and say i need this i need that this is what we got to do to be successful and you got a guy that says okay i'll just start writing this down this that's great ownership that you got going on up there in wichita
3: yeah, we've got a big group of guys that are always willing to step up and help whenever they can. Um, learning on the job is, is is a little bit of a negative, you know. There's some things that they uh, are clueless about that I've got to help, uh, you know, get them get them involved with and understand the timeline of things. But everybody's willing to help. Everybody's willing to step up and say, "Okay, I can take this aspect of it. I can take that aspect of it and run." Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a great time. It's a great place to be in Wichita, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Um, just looking forward to this 2017 season with with the team that we got coming in.
0: How are you feeling about the new stadium? I mean, this is going to be the third year you've been in there a couple of years now, uh, and going from one building to the next, uh, you got you're getting the feeling the home there. And and what about the fans? I mean, you have got a crazy fan uh, a group out there.
3: Yeah, our, our building is is top notch. We we hosted the entire league last year or two years ago. I can't remember. And all the coaches said, "Wow, this is such a special place." Uh, you know, don't let our players see that because they would want to come there. Type of thing. You know, joking with me. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a great thing in the middle of Wichita. And our fans, like you mentioned, are are outstanding. We've got a great group of hardcore fans. I mean, we we travel well. Every time we go to a game and I look up in the stands, no matter where we are as far as Chicago or Sioux City, Omaha, down south in Texas, I always see the same group of fans. And then they wait for us outside by the bus and talk to our guys and and congratulate us and that type of stuff. So their support means so much knowing that we're not in, in hostile territory all the time. We've got some fans there. Uh, and then our fans back home, there's always a watch party going on, and we know we've got a big group that, that can't travel everywhere, but they're always home supporting us, watching at a local bar. So uh, love our fans. Everything that we do is, is with with their support and, and you know, with them in mind, making them proud, and our players really embrace that. And, and you can tell that with the, the community that we build here and what we've got going. It's pretty special in Wichita, and the fans are a huge part of that.
0: Going from the Wild to the Force, is there a difference in the fans? Are they the same, or did you get more uh, with the change, uh, what's going on, with, especially with that nice building? It's got more seats in it.
3: Yeah, it's got more seats. Uh, you know, there's some positives and negatives. You know, people don't like going downtown because there's no parking. Uh, uh-huh. We lost a couple of fans just because up north we had some fans from Hutchinson and, you know, different places like that that Hartman Arena was closer to. But, you know uh, slowly they started to come back into the fold and it's it's just a new experience and it's it's something that you know the people that come to our games are everybody says man I can't believe this is here and this is so cheap and it's a great product that you guys put on the field and and that's what we want that's what we strive for to to bring in a lot more fans and and to get them into the mix with our hardcore fans cuz you know, once you once you get our our normal fans or our new fans in with our hardcore fans, they're going to be hooked for life because that's what our hardcore fans do, and that's what we look to improve on every year. Gain gain more of those hardcore fans, and uh, you know, this year is going to be an exciting year on that aspect. Admit it, you wanted the revolution, didn't you?
0: I mean, you you lost to them the year before in the uh, semifinals. You you really wanted the revs, didn't you?
3: Uh I've never beaten the, the Texas Revolution as a head coach. I, I've <laughs> lost to them every time, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't want any piece of the Texas Revolution. Uh, I don't ever want to play them at any point. Um, you know, That's just out of respect to them. They, they have my number. Um, now, if you ask our players, they were chomping at the bit to play the Texas Revolution. Uh, but you know, No, that's just good fun. Texas is a great team, great coaches. Uh, Rashad Washington used to play here on defense, and I was joking with him. someday I'm going to figure him out, and I'm going to be able to score more points than them. Uh, they're they're an outstanding team, and and I wasn't surprised that Amarillo jumped up and beat them because we had played Amarillo earlier in the year, and uh, we we were fortunate to beat them. But we knew what a quality team that they were, and that was a possibility. We we you know we talked about it after our game that there's a real possibility that we're going to be hosting because Amarillo was a legit team and. Obviously, that came true. They, they went up to Texas and upset them, and, and we ended up playing Amarillo in the championship game.
0: Well, you got one more shot at him. I mean, you're going to get him on Friday, June 2nd, uh, right there at the Allen Vincent or another road trip. You'd rather have that one at home. But at the same time, you get another shot at him over there. Um, and I'm going to be at that game. I'm also going to try to make uh, of the rounds and trying to get up there as for as some of the game as within my position of director of operations at the league. Uh, so I look forward to seeing you over there. Hey, thank you for the time here today.
3: Awesome. Anytime you need anything, if you're ever in Wichita and need a good uh, place to go out to eat or whatever, let me know. I'm here to help as much as I can, so let me know what I can do for you.
0: Definitely. We'll be definitely doing that part of it. But I'll be hanging with the guys. So there you go. So he is the head coach of the Wichita Forces, Paco Martinez. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to finish this one up on the other side here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, as well as inside the CIF. We'll be right back. Alright, hey, folks, before we do get out of here, though, let's do this, as I had the opportunity, uh, we put it in the promo we're gonna bring him on in a guy that you know, last week I promised we'd get him on and sure enough he was able to give me a few minutes to talk a little bit about some of the things that are going on down in Duke City and the big signings that they're having also uh, the possibility of the big signing of course that being Terrell Owens so uh, I got the opportunity to grab up Matt Kayward so let's jump into that this is my time with Matt Kayward And welcome back into Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark. As I got online, a guy, and I've coined the phrase, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think this guy and his ownership group might have saved this league. As they came in the league two years ago, when we had a little problem with another team called the New Mexico Stars, Duke City Gladiators slid in that spot, took over that realm, and put themselves on the map here in the CIF as in their first year, they were playing for a playoff spot in the second to the last week of the season. And then last year, obviously, um, a, a good opportunity for them to make the playoffs. And I think they're right there yet again this year. Let's bring on the general manager slash owner, you know, kind of a guy that knows everything about it. It's Matt Kaywood. How you doing, Matt? Uh, Sonny Clark, inside the
4: CIF. It is a joy to be with you. We are so excited as a league to have you uh, a part of the uh, management team of the CIF and, and what you're doing. I appreciate all your hard work, um, you know, putting this inside the CIF stuff together. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: Oh, it's a lot of fun, too, as I get to talk and I get to see the ins and outs. I always wanted to be that guy, you know, that, that fly on the wall, what happens. And and not only am I a fly on the wall, I'm in the middle of the mud. But at the same time, it is what it is in a good league. And uh, like I said, um, do me a favor, Johnny,
4: do, do me do me one favor, one solid. Can you say sure. touchdown revolution one time for me?
0: Oh, yeah, I'll do that when we go off at it. Yes, I know. Okay. Okay. I, you're not the only one that's asked for it. Thank you, by the way. Uh, but <laughs> it is uh, um, a, a guy, a, a football team that, you know, obviously really came from the Phoenix in reality. For those that don't remember two years ago, um, it was a rush job, but it Got done uh, with the work of Matt Hayward as well as the ownership team there. Let people know a little bit about that ownership uh, um, uh, group that you got down there. Headed into obviously now going into now this is being the third year. Let people know a little bit about uh, the ownership group. We're we're a blessed uh, group of uh,
4: of owners. We're a blessed uh, area here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And you hit the nail on the head. The first. The first season, we you know we had never planned on on ju- getting into the league that first year like we did. We had planned on um, you know building a team for the 2017 season, not the 2016 season, as we we had just uh, formulated a uh, an idea for an ownership group and an idea for a franchise when uh, the stars had folded, um, and we were approached by you know a couple of the team owners. Uh, in the league in the CIF, which was newly formed, that was the first year of the CIF, and yep. they contacted me personally and asked what our plans were. And we we were very open about it. We were interested. We weren't sure at the time what league we were going to be. We were looking at the at the extreme uh, foot, indoor football league, at, uh, you know, at that time it was still around, and uh, so we weren't sure where we were going. Um, I t- had several conversations with the commissioner at the time, uh, former commissioner of the LSFL, um, and. Uh, and Tommy and and Ricky uh, about the possibility of joining their league. Uh, But it was never on our mind to do it that in 2016 after, you know, talks with them and other owners, we felt like, man, we have a great opportunity to do something wonderful and help other business partners in the league. As anybody that's in, in a league or has been in ownership knows that you are connected to the hip to other owners and you've got to help each other out. The, the great, the greatness of the CIF is its ownership group. Everybody is business partners, and we look at that and take that very seriously, uh, how connected we are, um, you know, as owners. And uh, so it was a great opportunity. We seized it. I don't know how we did it. Uh, I couldn't explain it to you now if I even tried how we put it together in two weeks, uh, but a a franchise that was nothing to a
0: fully running uh, franchise that was hosting games Uh, is an impossibility. And you've got uh, a guy leading your team on the field, uh, your head coach. Let people know about him because it, his his uh, notoriety in that area is big, but folks that are not from that area may not know a little bit about your head coach.
4: Our head coach is tremendous. Um, coach Bermonte was there from the beginning. Actually, he and I um, together are the founding uh uh, members of of the gladiators it wasn't until later that we brought on new owners and management um, so uh, Coach Vermonte was there from the beginning and you know he and I had a vision for a a franchise in Albuquerque, which is what put it together and um, Our love for the game, his experience i we leaned on heavily with his experience because he's been in this this realm for a long long time he's tremendous uh the very, he's, he's quite a celebrity in his own right. He's the very first full-blooded Native American head football coach in pro football history. He was named Indian of the Year in Oklahoma last year, and uh, he does tremendous work with the Native uh, youth community. Uh, he owns, a, uh, operates a, a youth organization called Native Armor, um, and, and just a, an incredible, incredible human being, and we're very blessed to have him. We, we love having him here. He, do, he does a great job with our players, um, you know, his, his best friend in the world is uh, John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens. And, um, you know, John ver- speaks very highly of, of uh, Coach Bermonte, and they're very, very close. They speak quite often, you know, a couple times a day um, when uh, and talking about even through the NFL season. Um, I've spent many evenings with, uh, or a couple of evenings with uh, Coach Harbaugh and, uh, you know, Mo- a Monday night in his, his hotel room, Monday night game in Phoenix. Um, which is amazing, Um, and they're very, very close. They've been close for 17 years now. So Coach is a blessing to have. He's wonderful. We're very excited about having him part of, uh, you know, leading our football players and our football team on the field.
0: And you just recently had a big, big announcement, uh, uh, kind of dating it back a little bit to the Allen Wranglers, kind of along the same line, but obviously a little bit different. Let people know about your 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 new news that's coming out regarding a former wide receiver and quite possibly uh hall of famer uh, may maybe getting inducted this weekend.
4: Yeah, we're excited about that and that's what uh is holding up our, our offer to Terrell Owens to play with the Gladiators this season. Yep. Um, you know, you read all kinds of different opinions of it and stuff. This is this is something we've been working on for months, um all the way back four months ago when we reached out to Terrell's uh Terrell's um uh, management group, uh, his agency, who uh, loved the idea right out of the gate. Absolutely loved the idea of him coming back and playing indoor football again. Um, it's unique. The situation is very unique. I've reached out to Tommy, had many conversations with him because he was a part of the Allen Wranglers team when uh, when Terrell was playing the last time, um, and so we gleaned a lot of information from him. I've gotten a lot of great advice from Doug Bland, the owner of the Mesquite uh, uh, or Dallas Marshalls and um you know cuz they had done a similar offer to what we're doing with um with a quarterback um uh in in Dallas a uh, former NFL player there as well and uh so we got a lot of information from them when we we're putting this together a lot of hard work went into this offer and you know it's this is not a uh, just a ploy for for cheap headlines this is an actual offer we've we've gone in depth with it uh, and spent several months on it it's a reality that we think is still going to happen but it's all based around his uh his schedule and his availability uh, yeah. to be a part of our franchise it, it was a great success the last time he came to um, uh, new mexico um so it's unique because there's a ton of uh, cowboys fans and a ton of 49er fans here in the albuquerque area the metro area and so there's a lot of followers of Carol Owens. And so we thought this is a great hit. The last time he played in New Mexico, they sold the stadium out. And it was at a stadium that um, has a very hard time getting attendees there over 1,500. And they they sold 6,200 tickets, a sellout crowd. And we think we can have similar numbers or greater numbers at our stadium that can seat 10,000. So... um, there was a lot to it. There's a lot going on with it. We're still hopeful that we can make it happen at least for a few home games this season. Uh, we'll know more Saturday night after they announce the the class of uh, Hall of Fame inductees because that'll dictate uh, Terrell's uh, schedule for the next few months and whether we can make it happen for his availability. So we're we're crossing our fingers. We're hoping we've got uh, an agreement in uh, verbal agreements and terms have been agreed upon. Um, you know what uh, what that uh, partnership will look like. And, uh, you know, the the one of the biggest questions we get is, well, how is Terrell going to play for the contract? Because players in our league, um, they get paid specific amounts of monies, and you can't. Those are rules that you absolutely cannot bend on, you cannot break. We have them in place for a reason, to protect our athletes and our organizations. Uh, so Terrell will be playing for a regular contract, just like every player plays for a contract, and then he'll be doing some marketing stuff for us to uh, for to bring up the compensation to make it worthwhile for a, a hall of famer to play with us.
0: Definitely a hall of famer. Definitely. I think you should have got in last year, but that's me. But as, <laughs> as the guy who gets the opportunity to see the roster and everything as what's going on for your football team, you got another local celebrity right there. um getting ready to join your football team at the quarterback position. Oh, we're blessed. I mean, coach,
4: this coaching staff is incredible. We brought on, uh, a um, offensive coordinator in our organization, Metal Lemon, who was the uh, head coach of the San Angelo Bandits last year. His father was the legendary basketball player, Metal Ark Lemon. Uh, Meadow, his son, um, you know, ran the Harlem Globetrotters for three years. Uh, he brings a wealth of knowledge. He's the operating manager, general manager, president of the Arena Football League team, the, the Portland Thunder. Um, because they're off this season and trying to figure out what the Arena Football League is going to do in the future, we uh, had an opportunity to bring Meadow down for a year, and uh, we brought him in. And so the coaching staff together has done an incredible job uh, recruiting some amazing athletes. So we're you know, we're stacked at every position. We're very excited uh, as we're looking forward to camp here in a week um, of where we're going to be at with the talent that we brought in. One of those, uh, uh, you know, the top guy there that's going to be leading our, our team on the field is our quarterback, Donovan Porterey, uh who is a UNM graduate, probably the one of the best, if not the best, uh, quarterback UNM has ever produced. Uh, the, the last time they won a bowl game, Besides this season, uh, was under uh, Donovan Porteray's uh, leadership and um, ability, so we're excited. Uh, the city is excited. Uh, they, you know, we, they did a story on him in the news just recently, and uh, uh, was a really well done piece. And uh, we're excited about having Donovan lead our our,
0: our franchise. And I look over the roster, you see some other familiar names, uh, especially at the wide receiver position. If you do grab uh, Terrell Owens, you got Roland Bruno on the other side, a a veteran of this league and right there. And in that area, a very big guy that, that, you know, makes a big impact. And Dexter Manley, guys that have been kind of like the cornerstone of indoor football on the other team, you were able to steal them and get them set in your squad. Yeah, we're lucky to have both those two guys. And, uh, you know, we've all of the receivers we brought in,
4: very talented receiving core. Um, you know, the, the, it, every one of those guys is going to have a hard time making this roster. It's, it's yeah. that deep um, and that skilled. Um, You know, we had a big signing with Antonio Bray. Who was a breakout running back? Uh, who actually—it's a funny uh, thing—he's he's an alma mater of, of my college. Uh, Antonio Bray and I went to the same college, Sterling College, and an school there in Kansas. So he's a warrior, just like uh, where I had graduated. Got it. Uh, many years ago, <laughs> but uh, which is kind of cool uh, in and of itself. But uh, we're blessed to have Antonio. We're blessed to get the receiving core that we've got. You know, having and, and we're, we're we're deep with the veterans. One of the things that uh, we've been blessed with in the recruiting process with our coaches is they've they've done a great job bringing in uh, quite a few quite a few veterans. Uh, so we're 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 lucky. We're excited. I mean, this city is excited. Our organization is very excited to see what uh, what our guys can do um, through camp
0: and, and see who who emerges as the uh, twenty four mighty men of the Duke City. Definitely. As you go into uh, training camp, when's your training camp kicking off?
4: We kick off uh,
0: the 11th of uh, Saturday. Our players will report Friday night
4: the 10th, and then we'll start camp Saturday morning on the 11th.
0: Now, your preseason uh, game is a little bit different than most as uh, a lot of teams uh, bring in teams. You've got a little bit different thing going on there, but um, I was listening to the um, the actual press uh, conference that you had regarding coach and the game that you're going to be playing on your preseason game. Let people know a little bit about that. It's a little bit different. It's exciting. It is different. You know, teams are able to bring in
4: uh, uh, other teams that are looking to Maybe start uh in this business as professional franchises so it's it's unique what teams are able to come in and play preseason games. I love how the c i f handles preseason games it's you know it's a great way to get an extra home game. It's a great opportunity for the teams coming in and players that may not have a chance to uh play at this level professionally and to be seen by other coaching staffs and and teams around the league so I'm impressed how the c i f handles it as a league I think it's great something that uh Um, is wonderful all the way around. We've done something really unique this year um, and we're bringing in a a team that's local. It's a local team. Um, Every year uh, we've had a first responders football game for charity. And so for the past six years, um, firefighters, professional firefighters from around the state uh, have put a team together to play against Uh, professional police officers from all over the state and they do that game to raise money for uh, local charities charities that uh, help uh, firefighters and families that you know deal with cancer um, people that have lost uh, first responders uh, heroes in the line of duty Uh, and so that's a you know, it's a it's an interesting thing that's already been in existence for a while, that, that those two teams that play for charity. So we've reached out to those organizations and invited them to put an indoor team together and, and play uh, at our preseason game. Uh, with that, we every year we uh, honor our first responders, something that's near and dear to my, my heart personally. Uh, we yeah. honor our first responders. We honor uh, fallen officers from all over the state at halftime. We honor fallen firefighters from all over the state at halftime. We honor the, um, the our dispatchers. We honor EMS uh, personnel that respond as well. So we do we do a, a first responders night in which we wear a first responders jersey. Um, we auction that and give money to charity. We raise a lot of money with that event every season. So what we've done is we've combined everything into one event. So the pre, our preseason game in which we will the gladiators will play against uh, uh, on the field um, the first responders. So firefighters and and police officers and then uh, We'll uh, honor our first responders at, that night. We have some incredible people coming in that we're going to honor. We have a families who a family whose son was killed at the Yarnell Hill fire back in Arizona uh, a couple of years ago. Nineteen yep, firefighters mm-hmm. paid the ult- paid the ultimate sacrifice for yep. their community, and nineteen of them lost their lives that night. And uh, we have a family, the Parker family, is going to be in uh, paying a tribute to their son who was the second youngest. Um, Member of that team, he died at the young age of 21.
1: So we're going to honor
4: them and his memory at halftime with a helmet presentation. We have the world record combat challenge team. Um, if you know anything about firefighting and the combat challenge um, competition that's aired on ESPN every year, the world record holders are are from Carlsbad, New Mexico, and they will be in attendance that night. Wow. And then we've got a bunch of other celebrities that are coming. and We're going to be honoring the first responders and fallen officers and firefighters. So it's going to be, it's going to be an, an incredible night. We're lucky to put it together. It's going to be very exciting. Not How's to mention a great football game against some talented uh, first responders who who played college ball and pro ball and all that.
0: So definitely. How's it feel? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're sitting here. You're you're kind of like me. Uh, sitting with, well, I actually do a lot of things, but two full-time jobs. I mean, you talk about the firefighters, you're a firefighter yourself. Uh, are you playing in the game by the way, or? <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, I I'll be rumors. playing against the gladiators. Isn't that so? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I played uh,
4: for the fireman team every year as a quarterback. And uh, so uh, I'm blessed to be able to play in that game as a quarterback. And uh, let me tell you, Coach Bermonte is not shy about saying he's not going to be holding anything back. He's going to get his licks out on the field with his guys. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a competitive game. There's no doubt about it. We've got some great talent fire service and in the police service as far as football players go. So, uh, you know, one of our star players, Brian uh, Johnson, who was an APD officer for several years, I think he's been in the Albuquerque police department for six years. He's a former Sabercat, won a national championship with the, with the arena football league team, uh, San Jose. And then uh, we've got other guys that have played, you know, in the league, in the NFL CFL, uh, other arena teams, college graduates who had uh, great careers in uh, college football. So, yeah, I'll be taking the field against the Gladiators that night. It'll be pretty exciting. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how my knees hold up. But uh, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun.
0: Also, taking a look at it, you know, two full-time jobs, firefighter, then uh, running of the team. Uh, how many hours of sleep you get in the night? You know, I've um, been asked, <laughs>
4: To do other things, and I got to I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm blessed to do all the things I do. Being a fireman. I'm actually at the firehouse right now as we conduct this interview. Just leaving the station to to go pick up our coaching staff and run out to Gallup, New Mexico, for a, a big event we have on the radio out there. And we're going to be doing some stuff with the high schools out there, their football team and the youth programs out there. So well, from one thing to the next, I'm I'm blessed to run a, operate a, a small business uh, construction company as well, in which we employ about 20. 20 employees um, uh, to work every day in the construction field, and and uh, I'm lucky to be busy, uh, especially in a time when most people don't have a single job. I get to do three jobs, and I get to do the things that I love, so I'm really blessed. My family puts up with a lot you know, of time away <laughs> um, in order to make this happen. There's a lot of work that goes into running an, a professional uh, football franchise, as you can imagine, but we've got great team members. We've got a great ownership group. John Lopez, uh, our chief financial officer, is a full-time uh, real estate agent, and uh, here in New Mexico, one of the more successful ones. And he's wonderful. We get we brought on a, a medical doctor, uh, Doctor B, we call him, uh, who does a lot of help with us. And we've got great salespeople and um, uh, Andres Trujillo, our our media director, who does an amazing yep. job for us. Uh, with the media, and you know, he even helps at the league level, as you know, Sonny he does a lot with yep. you. And, and uh, our other partners, and uh, he's a part of our ownership group too. So
1: we've got other
4: owners here, you know, lawyers and uh, uh, you know, medical people, and people that are very committed to the community. And that's what we we set out to 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 do a lot of great things. But the the first and foremost was, you know, how are we going to get back to the community? How are we going to get the community involved? Our our uh, help with the first responders and charities, our help with the military is is staggering. You know, many people may not realize, but um, One of our greatest honors, and Coach will tell you, one of the highlights of his his magnificent football career has been uh, our um, acceptance and uh, offer to be an official Purple Heart team, uh, which has only been been extended to two professional franchises in the country. In all of Major League Baseball, all of uh, hockey, all of uh, uh, pro football, there's only two professional franchises that have been Designated as Purple Heart teams, official Purple Heart teams. So we're very proud of that designation um, uh, to be an official Purple Heart team and, and represent the that military order of the Purple Heart and those soldiers that uh, that uh, have paid that price and that uh, brotherhood that we get to be a part of because of that in our representation of it. So there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of a lot of stuff to do. We're blessed to do it. I'm blessed to be a part of it, and uh, hopefully I do it justice. And i you know we're going to work very hard to. To make sure that we do it justice.
0: He is Matt word along with the ownership group there of the Duke City Gladiators. Hey Matt, have a good season. Good luck to you, and maybe it will get you into the playoffs and uh, make some noise.
4: We'd love that. We'd love that opportunity. Thanks, sonny. Appreciate all you do. I uh, love the uh,
0: Couch Potato Show. It's been an honor to be with you. We appreciate it. And, folks, that's going to do it for us here on Inside the CIF here with Sonny Clark. Uh, next week, we're going to bring some more guests, more uh, new uh, people into the realm as well. We'll do that next week on Inside the CIF. That's going to do it for us today. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. I didn't get a, I didn't get a touchdown revolution out of yeah, oh, you on I'll well, throw that in there. It's a good thing. I know how to catch Touchdown! Dude, Civil Gladiators! You know what I'm saying? Come on. Come on. I slam the door Boom. when I come into the bedroom bam, bam. Cause I'm the king of the castle.